Welcome to The Other Side of Sex, where we discuss how to have sex with no drama, hosted by your friends, Steve and Kama. This podcast is focused on talking about how great sex can be when you learn how to properly communicate your wants, needs, and desires with not only your partners, but yourself. On this show, we want to help our listeners live their happiest lives, so our self-proclaimed sexpert, Miss Kama, will also be answering some of your questions about sex, life, and relationships. She will also be having even more fun educating you about kinks and fetishes. Ultimately, she will be offering advice centered around how you can find your true self and start having better, more fulfilling sex. Enjoy yourself, and welcome to The Other Side of Sex. Before we jump into the show, we need to share a note about our content. The Other Side of Sex is created for adult audiences only, and listener discretion is advised. Our show includes frank discussions involving sexuality, kinks, fetishes, and includes some downright dirty language. The one theme that I think we want to talk about this week, both Kama and I, is power to the penis right? and with <laughs> with that we we're going to cover a couple different topics here about stress about intimidation embarrassing issues the way social media kind of treats men sometimes and how all these things can contribute to ed now ed is one of those fun initials to me comma because it's no one ever says erectile dysfunction it's always ed is it that embarrassing you know, I think across the board, men feel so much shame about this issue, such to the point that it's so pervasive in so many areas of our life that it bears mm-hmm. that we do an episode on it <laughs> because I've really been treated the last few weeks to just how much erectile dysfunction is part of of the equation for so many people and for so many reasons and on so many levels. Yeah, and secretly I'm trying to get free advice from you on my own issues. So we'll just weave a bunch of things into the episode here and you know, some of them will stick for me, some of them will stick to the audience. I mean, for sure. Personally, I know for me my number one contributing factor in when I have issues, whether it's relationship or sexual dysfunction, it's stress. I have so mm-hmm. much stress going on in my life with work, with an aging pet. Hell, even my Phillies, even though they made it to the World Series, it's <laughs> been a stressful run. They like to they like to edge you. If that's probably a word you'll know. How so close to victory yes. and uh <laughs> And then not quite there. And not quite there, but at the end, they somehow pull it out. So stress has really been affecting my life, and I'm sure it affects so many people out there as well. Oh, for sure. I myself am dealing with a really stressful time right now, and my husband's getting ready to go to Korea for nine months, and we're at just about three weeks to go, and it's horribly stressful. And I have, you know, unfortunately no libido as a result of the stress and at a time when we should be knocking boots like crazy just don't really feel like it and the shame that i experience just from that is so frustrating for somebody that can see the pattern a mile away but do i like it's a case of healer heal thyself (laughs) 
<laughs> I know what to do. I know that this is real. But yet, oh my God, I'm not sexy anymore. There's something wrong with me. Of is... course, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But it's hard to tell someone who has stress or anxiety or depression, all the things, right? Like you said, practice what you preach here. If you're suffering from that, you don't see it. So everyone can use a little reminder and a little help, even those who are, like you said, trying to heal others. Right. So if you just look at the sexual component of stress as just a matter of biology, think about what the body goes through during a stressful time. Um, there's hormones released such as cortisol and epinephrine. This can, you would think that these things would increase your sex drive, but it actually doesn't. They actually decrease the sex drive we could get into a whole thing about the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic nervous system if you want me to get on biology <laughs> nerd i can maybe the extended but, one next week you know <laughs> right but suffice to say that when the body is in survival mode which is what an what cortisol those cute there's cute little glands on top of our kidneys called the adrenals and they pump out a hormone called cortisol the stress hormone when so much of that is pervading through is coursing through the body the body is triggered into its fight or flight mode where only the functions that are essential to survival are what are being engaged what this relates to is that the secondary functions of life sex drive libido which well sex drive is your libido when you look at that there's nothing, there's no blood flow being rerouted to that area. Your breathing is heightened in intensity. There's so many biological processes going on when that cortisol is pumping that there's not a lot left for the more relaxing side, which is why we talk about doing things that are relaxing to get us in the mood for sex instead of stimulating you need to take it down a notch before you go back to full throttle yeah so and, you want to practice your stress management which is always always easier said than done right so oh sure especially yeah. like sure there's you know aromatherapy and breathing exercises you could do to help you through your professional life that people coach all mm -hmm. the time but mm -hmm. i don't know if there's anything that you come up with every day that can correlate directly to the bedroom is there oh, any advice on for that sure. yeah absolutely in fact with my own clients that are having a difficulty uh, having a difficult time attaining orgasm or maintaining erection very often one of the starting places that i go to is what i like to call meditative masturbation where i teach them and i go through with them a process of relaxing the body and then decreasing the amount of sensation that they provide to themselves that they're giving themselves to take it down to a very slight level of stimulation and then building up from there Okay. So you do this by yourself? Do you do this with a partner? How does that kind of play out in a practice? It can happen in either way. So sometimes what I do is if I'm doing a cam call with somebody, because part of Part of my work as a dom is I do a lot of what are called jerk off instructions, masturbation coaching. That's a big, big, big fetish for a lot of people who are exhibitionists. They need somebody or they will desire somebody to watch them. Um, they, that would be the voyeur. But I am sort of a professional voyeur where <laughs> I can 
observe people masturbating and coach them through it. And this enhances the experience for so many people and makes me a tidy little living. <laughs> so this is something that I feel uniquely qualified to talk about. If, if a person has low libido due to stress, due to work or uh, depression, whatever the root cause is, I'm sure that's a good point to have a conversation with your partner to try to make them understand what you're going through and you can work on mm -hmm. dealing with your low libido together. Absolutely. One of the greater one of the greatest ways to do that is to get some exercise together as corny and simple as that sounds. Doing things that engage that kind of makes cortisol work for you actually can help eliminate it from the body by metabolic processes. So if you're so, so constantly triggered that you feel like you need to run, go run, go run, <laughs> go, run. go run together. Do Your a body's telling job. you to do it. It wants to get it out of its system. Uh, just go. <laughs> then just go. And if, if you can't run, then take a walk. But get your heart moving, get your body moving, get sweat pumping, get, you know, it doesn't even have to be so high intensity that you're hurting yourself because, again, the body is already existing at this high intensity level. We want to take it down. We want to burn off that cortisol and get your body into a place where it can receive pleasure more than it wants to run for its life. And on top of that, I notice a lot of older couples are really big in walking around the neighborhood together holding hands mm -hmm. i'm sure there's a lot to say that it, it sounds weird but there's intimacy involved in there you're building a relationship when you're doing your stuff together with your partner you're feeling connected you're both moving you're both creating these endorphins together mm -hmm. like i can say that we do this in my marriage um, we we're fortunate to live in the pacific northwest which is absolutely beautiful if a bit rainy but we live right next to a beautiful walking trail. Just yesterday, I was having a tough day and having a bad day at work and really, really stressed. And I just couldn't get out of my own way because as I started stressing, I started spiraling. And the spiral of depression and anxiety is also counter counterproductive to a healthy sex life. My husband recognizes this when it happens and he's like, all right, get up, we're going outside. And we get in the car, we drive a mile and a half down the road to where there's a really great spot to get on this walking trail and we do about two to three miles and I will sometimes bitch the whole time sometimes I'm quiet the whole time but invariably when we're done I feel better sometimes I have to walk fast sometimes I have to barely put one foot you know I'm going at a snail's pace according to what my body needs but it takes that break it takes it takes me out of what I'm worried about it gives me a chance to either you know, I don't bring my phone. I don't let myself keep getting stimulated. I leave social media in the car. Take a break. Unplug. Easier said than done. But if you're not taking the time to do these kind of things, then you're 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 really hurting yourself. <laughs> yeah. During the pandemic, when everyone had to work from home, my entire team we would be on the phone, we'd be in Zoom meetings, you know, seven eight hours a day. But the boss mm -hmm. was very big on maintaining the boundary between 
being at work and having that ability to de-stress. So he would say, if we're having an intense conversation or we're both stuck on something or whatever, he would just say, all right, meeting's over. Everybody, everybody go out and take a 10 minute walk. We'll reconvene. And if you didn't, if you didn't want to walk, he would get on the phone and yell you, but he would say, leave your phone at the desk. (laughs) Don't do anything. Don't think about it. Just get your mind off of it. And it's those little ways of being present in the de-stressing moments that I think is something that a lot of people really don't understand how to do but it's really not that hard Mm -hmm. if you're able to literally drop what you're doing don't have those uh your phone in your pocket don't have someone in your ear talking to you just be present and enjoy where you are and it does help you de-stress right there i want to stop right there and because what you just said is so important and so powerful you're being present how often do we do this when we're making love or masturbating? Yeah, not, we need to not be that often. present. Yeah, right. I know. Right like in, there. I'm not going to answer for everybody, but in my own life, I could say, yeah. Sometimes I'm thinking about my to-do list for the next day while I'm mm-hmm. going through the motions. You know, I'll keep it mm-hmm. PC. So sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so much of it is that you know, so much of the disconnect in our sec in our psychosexual realm is because we're just not there in the moment we start out we we go into our lovemaking situations or even our masturbatory ones at 10 how many men grab a hold of their dick and just tug it off like it's made of shoe leather and just rub one out and it's just a thing you do to combat stress and uh but there's no there's no nuance there's no gentleness and women will just grab a vibrator buzz one out but there's no connected to body to self to to center these activities can be something that are meditative. I've been working with men for a while. And one of the things that I found is really wonderful for them is when they're in a position with me on cam and they say, Miss Miss Kama, I can't come. I've been trying all fucking day. I cannot get this orgasm mm-hmm. out. Help me, help me, help me. I say, okay, I see you. <gasps> Take a breath. Right. Inhale. Feel your lungs. Feel, relax your shoulders, close your eyes. Unclench your jaw, right? Every, Unclench all these, your jaw. Yeah. Let, like we relax the body. Where's the, when you're tense, when you're tight, this is constricting blood flow. You need blood flow to make the erection work. Penises full stop do not work under pressure. Mm. They just do not respond well to pressure. And whether the pressure comes from your partner or from inside your own head or from too much pressure, physical pressure, whether it's a grip on yourself or a toy, all of these things work against the sensation that you need. You need vasodilation, not constriction. Mm -hmm. So under that same pressure... um... I know some people out there are so busy with work or they are so overwhelmed with their schedule that they feel like they need to schedule sex time. I'm sure that can't be yeah. healthy in, in this. Like, <laughs> okay, we could fit this in Monday from 6 to 8. Is your schedule clear? I'm sure that doesn't help either. You know, it's it's funny that you say that because I've dab I've had I've dabbled my toes in the poly world and everybody in a polycule tends to have Google calendars as the first button they press on their phone because they're trying to manage a multi-partnered life. How you know, and sometimes you do have to set set, set aside time for sex. It's not the worst thing that you can do. 
but it comes with the caveat of when you're setting that time aside, you need to be fully present for it. I don't like TVs on when there's sex having. I don't want a phone in the room. Music is fine. Let's provided it's not see that. Uh, oh, you stole my that. joke. That's not fair. No fair. You stole my joke. But go on. <laughs> That's but a callback to last episode for those people who didn't uh, hear it. You need to go listen to it. It's a fabulous <laughs> story. But go on. <laughs> but you need to be fully present there. Like, present, it's normal. And, and I don't want to interject. Well, I'm going to interject here. But yeah, it's ahead. present and I'm sure expectations need to be fluent, right? Don't yes. go in there with the pressure of I need to make sure X, Y, Z happens. Otherwise, you'll never get there. Right. It, it, we have... A, <laughs> The whole conversation surrounding sex in this country is just fucking wrong. We approach it from the wrong way. Porn, and you know what, I, I'm all about advocacy and sexual agency, but there's no denying that the porn industry and the fallacies it promotes are deleterious to a healthy sex life. Do I think we should make sex more of a part of the conversation? Absolutely. That's why we're doing this podcast. But the reality is that porn and the majority of what people are consuming and 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 capturing in our minds as the pinnacle of a healthy sexual experience is deep dicking down at a high velocity with a great deal of pressure and all this uh, uh, like you know it's it's not with it's a, not it with a hand-picked select few members that are a foot long and aren't the reality of the public right, right? yeah right like it, the na- the national average penis size is five inches the national the average in porn is what 10 8 to 10 yeah um, you More. know it's ridiculous yeah. like uh, like I've never, I've never been on the receiving end of that, but I imagine after a while it just hurts, right? And you does. get numb, and you can't. I've never blown yeah. anybody, but I'm sure uh, it tires your mouth out and all these other things, right? It's it's unrealistic. Yeah. It's a, Sorry for the people with is. the big dicks out there that are really having their problems, <laughs> but you know, it's you not know, the the majority of people here. I could go on an entire tangent about the men who I've spoken to whose penises are too large for easy penetrative sex it is a problem on the other side of the coin as much as micro penises are and all of them all penises are valid and this is what i want to tell people is whether it's one inch or ten all are valid none is better than the other and this whole idea of small penis humiliation or size queening and sex shaming over the size of a penis is bullshit it's 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 not right because we've again back to the fact that we place a premium on this this hard energetic sex as being the way and if you're not like i've had so many girls come to me and say oh i had the greatest sex last night i'm like oh wow what did you do he said oh it's such a big dick and he fucked me really hard and i'm like oh did you have an orgasm well no but i i'm having trouble walking today tee hee well no 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 if you didn't feel a great amount of love and emotional connection and you didn't have an orgasm. How mm, great was it? Oh, yeah. How exactly? Like you feel like it's great sex because you just measured up to a bullshit 
archaic and random rubric that's not actually working for anyone. You're holding yourself up to an unrealistic standard. You know what I mean? It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. And it's so unrealistic. And men are so caught up in this. And I, I have so much compassion for men, which is why, like, we talk so much about, you know, talk, you know, male toxicity and male, you know, ego and everything. But men are just as affected by the toxic masculinity culture that is so pervasive in our society as women are. It's just as dangerous. What I'm hearing here is I'm going to paraphrase a lot of what you're saying and you should focus on the sensation not the sex that you see on tv or perceive in your own head right that's right um i'm sure foreplay is a big part of this and foreplay doesn't just mean the 10 minutes before you're going to do the act it's throughout the day holding hands and cuddling and feeling connected with your partner correct Mm -hmm. all that ties into our big c communication it's all tied together some of the issues that we want to cover is someone somewhat embarrassing for a lot of men out there and since we're talking about enjoying the sensation and being present there's a couple categories that i know you miss comma want to um cover so floor is mm-hmm. yours okay so one thing i really want to focus on is that every male that i have talked to about this they say oh it's so embarrassing Let's just look at that for a minute. It doesn't need to be. I think men need to take a step back and say, I am human and my penis is also human and going to respond in very human ways. It's really, really unrealistic to think that any single time that you want your penis to call into action that you can just you know draft it and it's going to go and fight for you whenever you (laughs) want it to it doesn't work like that it is it's just your body responds to so many things as we just talked about stress the environment what's going on in your life so it should i want men to stop being embarrassed about their penis and being embarrassed about when it what does and doesn't rise and that is gonna that's that i just i think is a paradigm shift For a lot of men, Mm -hmm. but I really want men to just stop and think about this for a minute and say, it is not shameful when my dick doesn't rise. This is not something to be ashamed of for any reason, any time. There's never a time, never a time when it is shameful that a dick doesn't work. I want to piggyback on the word embarrassing that you're saying. So Mm -hmm. I've talked to a therapist before with my own anxiety, mm-hmm. whatever, and they gave me brilliant advice that really applies here when it comes to the okay. embarrassing topic. So part of who my problem is I am an overachiever and a micromanager. My standards are mm-hmm. way too high and I have a hard time trusting other people to do the work. And mm-hmm. then I feel bad about myself, like I'm still not even hitting my own standards. So my therapist asked me this question one time. Whenever you submit something, do you ever get feedback from a coworker or a boss that the work you're doing is crap or terrible? No. So why do you think it's a problem? Right? So if no one in your hmm. life is telling mm-hmm. you that your own anxiety with your whatever your penis isn't working or you, you can't get it working in these embarrassing situations, I want you to ask yourself, are people saying this is a problem or are you manifesting it yourself? That's a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. And men are just so ashamed of when 
are so embarrassed and upset when they can't get erect. And it's sometimes it's just not their fault. Sometimes it's medical. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's situational. And, you know, I have men come to me all the time like, oh, my God, I just started dating somebody. And I really, really like her. But every time we fool around, I can't get hard. I can't can perform. I can't come. I don't, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? there's nothing wrong you're just nervous sweetheart Mm -hmm. you're just not there yet lots and lots of men are cum shy lots and lots of men don't get aroused when they have those first date jitters when they're with a new lover and they and so many times men see a woman's vibrator and they go oh my god she is such a big toy i can't possibly measure up my dick doesn't work like that it's like whoa Whoa. You're jumping the gun here on what we were just saying here. Right. Like, let's look at, go ahead. You're setting these unrealistic expectations in your own head that you have to meet without having the conversation. Now, if they're telling you these are problems and you work on it, you work on it together. But that's a different conversation than what we're having here. We're automatically equating what is right with what we've, what has been shown to us in porn. And anything other than that is embarrassing, which is all fucking arbitrary bullshit. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just look at it for what it is. You're having all of these things because you're ma- you're not matching up to this bullshit standard that's completely unrealistic and fictitious. And right. And it's I'll fictitious. let you all guys all in on a secret here. They're overloaded on Viagra for those shoots. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> cheating. That's not real. Don't expect to do yeah. that. They're oh. they're pumping ster- the equivalent of steroids in an athlete, and you're like, I can't play center field for the Yankees. Well, no, duh. You're competing against these roided up athletes. It's no comparison. Oh. Right. <laughs> there isn't and 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 for and women who double down and shame a man for that stuff stop it women don't do that if you're doing that to a man if you're ever giving him shit about his dick not working knock it off and look at and look at the situation for what it is find out why he's not hard instead of getting mad at him for not being hard and here's a little tidbit it's not your fault <laughs> no it's everything else in the guy's life that is influencing him i mean it's covid has been terrible on so many levels but one mm-hmm. area that no one really talks about is there's still a lot of people who are dealing with the trauma of having to go to work whether in a hospital mm-hmm. or during all that or being a retail worker you're considered a frontline worker and you got a mm-hmm. lot of shit dumped on you unfairly right and you're still processing yes. that but the yes. a lot of people who are also still working from home have a hard time disconnecting their job from their life and their relationship right. and their right because think about it if you're like me, I go into one room and I'm, I'm working, but mm-hmm. the rest of my house is right there. If in the evening I come into the office, I'm going to put that in quotes and play video games. My computer that I work on is still here. And guess what I'm doing? I'm checking my email. I'm doing mm-hmm. work off the clock mm-hmm. and you can never right. turn off that work stress. You need to find a way to separate right. that work stress from your work at home into, um, productive time and be present in your relationship turn off your work and it will help with a lot of these problems you have to have sanctuary somewhere in your home and your office cannot be it and one of the things that i strongly recommend and some people fight me on this but don't have a tv in the bedroom and a lot of people freak out when I say this, but, and, and I, and, and actually, I, I mean, I actually have one in our bedroom now, so I'm kind of a hypocrite for saying this, <laughs> but TV in the bedroom, 
is actually a detractor to a to a sex life. I mean, I hate to say it, but it kind of is. If the TV is constantly running in the background, you're getting a lot of other stimulation. If you want to set a stage for a healthy life, have your bedroom be your sanctuary. It's peaceful. It's quiet. Like one of the things that I mostly are used to do until we recently put the TV back in the bedroom. <laughs> Which I'm not even sure why. I have to ask my husband why we did Because you that. had an extra one but and it, you had a place to put it. That's usually what something happens. Something yeah. happened. I think I I, I kind of I think it was about Overwatch maybe, but I don't know. Oh, so something. you can play video games while you're in the bed. I got gotcha. I think so. I think I think I don't know. I think it's because yeah, I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure it has to do with a setting up a separate gaming station because anyway, <laughs> we're dorks and the world knows it. it that's fine yeah <laughs> we definitely have the switch hooked up in the living room and the xbox hooked up in the bedroom and then two computers downstairs with a total of five monitors yeah. for two computers so i mean i wonder why it's so game. hard to be present in our lives right yeah. i mean let's <laughs> you're not alone in that setup there are a lot of people with screens and monitors everywhere and you right. need like you're saying if you have a tv in the bedroom turn it off after a certain amount of hours like there's still other things yeah. you could do there and i really like the idea of turning it into your sanctuary you want sanctuary i'm sure it helps with insomnia and i'm sure it helps mm -hmm. with your sex life i i can't like see how it won't what I used to do was I love the Calm app. I wish it it's a little pricey. I pay for it once a year. But the Calm app is actually amazing and they have really really great music and you could I mean you could find similar on YouTube. It doesn't have to be a paid service. But I found that the most peaceful we were was during the time where we did not have TV in the bedroom and I constantly kept a nice salt Himalayan salt lamp on and constant music peaceful meditation music running in our bedroom 24 hours a day we would go in there sometimes for five ten minutes even if we were just going upstairs to use the master bathroom and then passing through the bedroom we'd find ourselves taking five ten minute pauses to just lay down and breathe and listen to the music slow and down really mm. yeah just take time to slow down and connect and when you have all these other things running, if your phone is, if you know, you're playing Candy Crush or, you know, something on your phone and the TV is on, where's the room? Where's the room for sex? Right. I mean, most of my evenings, um, I'm sitting in the living room. I have the TV on watching sports or cooking channel or whatever it is. I have music playing and I'm on my phone scrolling TikTok. Like that's over stimulus, right? Yep. And I know yep. what that's doing to me, but I'm kind of addicted to that as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. So being able to, re uh, being able to remove that in the bedroom a couple hours a night, just shutting down is probably really good advice that I'm going to take notes on and uh, start doing. We always joke about my, my ability to, to, go many many miles off of one tangent but here's one that i would just like to interject being mindful of the fact that i am going on a tangent mm -hmm. again however i recently i need to like look this up again but i was recently talking to somebody and they were saying that when we're scrolling as much as we're scrolling we're taking in as many words as if we were reading an entire novel a day just in the amount of reading that we do think about taking in an entire book's worth of information mm -hmm. now i'm old enough to remember <laughs> the movie short circuit with johnny five is alive and need in 
input and like <laughs> you know this robot that's like taking in all of this information well he can because he's a robot, robot. but we are not mm-hmm. we're taking in far too much stimulation our brains this is what i was talking to with this woman she was saying that our brains haven't evolved we haven't even like reached a point of human evolution where we should be taking in that much information our brains are not designed to take in that much information a day we're not accustomed we're not built for the kind of stimulus that we're forcing down our own eyeballs Mm -hmm. we're just not there yet biologically and that was a really interesting take on stress like where are we anatomically in relation to like the all of this world. that we're yeah. <laughs> right where how much are we putting on ourselves so it's we talk like self-care is such a fucking buzzword now that it's become something of like so i so maybe i'm sounding like a royal cunt here but like we talk a lot about issues and people's issues and i have issues and she has issues or whatever but it's almost that in so many so many times the conversation stops there and we don't see and while we're advocating for mental health and advocating for you know being patient with yourself um you're on a journey not a race um a lot of times people are stopping at the acknowledgement of the issue and they're not actually seeking the help Mm-hmm. beyond it and i see this in a lot of couples well that's too much we work don't talk let's about... be honest it's, it's just too much work to do that right you're already overstimulated <laughs> you're already tired right uh, i mean uh, that's and... just another thing i got to put on my to-do list but yeah yeah you do <laughs> if you want to get i was i was those. i was at the health food store not that long ago and i heard a girl snap to presumably her partner and she goes well i don't want to talk about that you know i have issues with that and just shut the conversation down and i'm like wow Mm. how often are we doing that are we just shutting down the conversation once we reach the point where i have an issue so if any of that is creeping into your world too i invite you to take some space and to investigate those issues too because they sometimes bear hearing out and trying you know and encouraging yourself that yes self-care is important and we now people are blow like self-care is now a meme right it's like Mm. eh. You know, we don't do it. I know I'm supposed to do it. And now just the idea of inserting self-care into your life has become a stress point for people. Yeah, because they're doing it the wrong way, too, where they say self-care in a lot of these memes. It's because I just spent $100 on something I shouldn't have bought. (laughs) Self-care. I took a day off because (laughs) I'm feeling lazy today. Self-care. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But attack the root of what's going on here. (laughs) You need to. Self-care can look like going into your quiet bedroom, laying down, and touching yourself for 10 minutes, whether or not you attain orgasm. The very idea that the orgasm is the goal is the number one most damaging fallacy that exists in the history of fucking ever. When you and your partner get together in the bedroom for sexy time, too much importance is placed on the o Mm. right there Mm -hmm. full stop men now have an expectation to come a big fucking load and she has to have a waterwork squirt come on our bodies don't work like that particularly when we're under so much stress so we're just adding another layer of problematic behavior Mm -hmm. and now people wonder why their dick or men will say you know penis havers will say uh I'm having a hard time coming. Oh, 
wonder why or she's saying i don't like touching my vagina i feel weird doing it well because you've been told your whole entire life that you'll you're you're gonna go blind or something oh, yeah. if you touch yourself stop i if you want to have a i hate to say it like this but if you want to have a healthy sex life you have to have a healthy masturbatory practice mm-hmm. and sometimes self-care looks like a healthy masturbatory practice Mm -hmm. and it's so important that you said it's not always about the orgasm right i'm sure i mean cover your ears mom and dad but when i (laughs) i have fun with uh my wife sometimes you know there's evenings where she just wants a back rub she wants her Mm -hmm. legs rubbed and just maybe Mm -hmm. five ten minutes of her vagina being rubbed and it's just in a soothing way right it's not always about the orgasm but it's still intimate and it's still building the relationship and everything else it's just a different way of de-stressing relaxing building up to something else either that night or another day it doesn't matter bing 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 you just hit it on it right there what you are after in our sexual experiences is not an orgasm it's intimacy it's intimacy and communication and that is what is forging the bond between two lovers. The forging of the bond does not come from a screaming orgasm. It comes from the journey that you took to get there. And yeah, okay, you want to run around and you had a screaming orgasm and it's big burst of endorphins. Fuck yeah, that's great. Celebrate that big mm-hmm. orgasm. But don't put a premium on it such to the point of the exclusion of all else. Mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise... Like, well, we could talk about some real embarrassing specific issues like death grip, masturbation, premature ejaculation, mm-hmm. right? But there's always a conflicting mm-hmm. thing here. You have that 10 minutes of self-care, right? For a mm-hmm. man, we could finish twice in 10 minutes, right? If we sure. try to really try to bang that out. Woman. Some. Yeah. Some, some men, men. Some men. Um, and, but at the same time, when you're trying to have a longer intimate, intimate session with your partner, those acts of you getting it out of your system quickly i'm sure really leads to the premature ejaculation so they're counterintuitive and they're hurting each other in the long term everything everything is individualized so it's hard for me to say you know Mm -hmm. a blanket statement such as that but i will say that lack of lack of connection and and this idea like when i'm observing men masturbate they always come to me for jerk off instructions what i am observing very often is exactly that a death grip masturbator or a mattress humper and i have helped so many men rehabilitate their penises to and work with them to habituate them to a vagina or a tongue or a hand when they've been doing something else something that a that a partner can replicate if you're not doing something that a partner can replicate then you're kind of self-limited in what you can and how you can experience pleasure so many people when they grab that when You know, if they grab that Hitachi or they, you know, just rub one out and they tug on their their cocks like they're made of shoe leather, you're missing an entire range of stimulation and you're habituating your body part to only one kind and you're doing it at 10. When you get to 10, there's, there's no going to 11. If you want to start to, you know, experience a more fuller and satisfying range of sexual pleasure you need to start at zero sometimes you take a break sometimes i tell my clients or my submissives that's it 
you're denied. You're in chastity. And the entire reason that I do that, I say, that's it. Hands off. Mr. says you're not coming for a week or two weeks or 30 days. You know, that's extreme and it might involve a device. <laughs> but I've issued it because I need, you need to retrain. And I've helped men. Like I had many years ago, I had a lover who was just completely distraught. He's like, Mama, I cannot have sex with a woman. I am 27 years old and I cannot come with a woman. I cannot satisfy a woman. And what it all boiled down to is that he was a mattress humper and his penis just did not know what to do mm. inside of a vagina. It didn't feel good. So legitimately, because he was a friend of mine and because I'm just like that, I said, well, you know what? Let's just hook up. That's just like for science, you know, we didn't have that kind of, we weren't lovers. We didn't have that kind of thing, but I was like, let's have sex and I'm going to figure out what your problem is. And I said, but because he actually lived in California at the time he was coming to New York. I said for one week, do not, unless you're pissing, touch your dick. <laughs> do not masturbate. Do not do any of this. And when he got to me, he was well and truly horned up, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, we're going to try a whole bunch of different things. And then what actually ended up working is I laid flat down on my stomach and opened up. And he was able to assume the same position that he would get in when he would mattress hump. Now, granted, we're a week into the therapy, right? Just a week. <laughs> and... I did a whole series of gentle touches and warm-ups, some real kissing, and we were having fun. And we're now we're not in love with each other; we're just friends. Yeah. But we hooked up, and we were like, I kissed his ears, I pet his hair, I touched his chest, and I reinforced all these different erogenous zones, and different right? stimulus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I worked my way to his penis, and then when I assumed this position and he inserted, there had been so much buildup that he was able and he felt so comfortable and like we were joking around and having a good time and it was just us being friends that he was very very easily and without a long a long and protracted period of time he had a successful orgasm with vaginal stimulation alone and i was and he got off me and i was like see you're not fucked up you're not broken you just needed to figure it out and now that you figured out that you can have an orgasm in that position with that stimulation, now I want you to take another week off from having sex. And the next time you masturbate, I want you to do it like this. I want you to get a soft silicone toy that feels more similar to a vagina than your hand and, and habituate yourself to much more nuanced and gentler sensations no more masters humping no more death grip masturbating soft mm -hmm. is the name of the game and if you're not getting there from soft touches then you abstain because you know you're building the right kind of pressure in that way as opposed to the wrong kind of pressure which is motherfucker you have to come 17 times and do it at the you know velocity right. of 100 miles per hour and you must make her scream and squirt uh, you know, do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said it earlier in this, but where do you go from 10? If you're at that 10 already, there's nowhere to go. You need to right. walk your way back to zero and start over. Makes total right. sense. So can we, and, let's move into mm -hmm. this whole toxic, you, you use the word toxic um, 
before. Oh, yeah. And I think this goes <laughs> both ways. That's a buzzword now. Yeah, it, it's a buzzword. <laughs> I, this kind of goes both ways. Like, there's a lot of men out there that are... A, either toxic or B, so overly afraid of being a toxic that I'm sure it creates mental roadblocks in its own self. But I'm sure there there's also toxicity on the other side of the equation because of the instant gratification of social media, Tinder, Grindr, oh, or whatever sure. it is. Because those areas where people are looking for the hookup are full mm-hmm. of toxic people, which does not help with your overall sexual health and your overall stress and everything else. Yeah, no, for one thing, okay, so I, I've kind of briefly touched on it before, but small penis humiliation is huge in the kink culture, and I am not going to kink shame that, and I'm not going to denigrate it. I'm going to leave the whole – I'm speaking on not engaging with somebody that has this kink, that does this kink consensually. I'm not talking about that at all. What I'm going to talk about now is real life, real honest-to-God dick shaming. Ladies – don't fucking do it it doesn't make you cool it doesn't make you sexy to be a size queen like for real and i'm sorry if that's judgy mcjudgerson but seriously i see men every day of my life that are so negatively impacted by this this idea that dicks need to be fucking 17 feet long and and hard as steel rebar it's just not fucking true so if you're a woman and you're or sorry if you're engaging in that kind of shaming to anyone you're fucked up because it it hurts it hurts Mm -hmm. you're hurting people when you do that you're really really hurting people for something that is completely fucking biologically not there it's out of their control yeah it's out of their their control. control i don't shame people for having oh i don't know down syndrome am i gonna shame you for your penis size no i have had sex with men that have had micro penis the condition of a microphallus where the penis is so is of a of a, a girth and a size that it doesn't extend beyond the pubes you know what i have had wonderful sex with men who have that i've had wonder i've had sex with people who have like av- above average size penises and it's not that pleasurable <sighs> it just doesn't matter penis length and or size it might feel great if there's a certain size or girth or length that just fits your vagina Fuck yeah, that's great if you can identify that. But if a man's honest to God anatomy is not that, it's not something to make him feel bad about. If your man's penis doesn't isn't big enough to do what you want, then you can either choose a different lover or if you choose that man and his penis is not of a size, just use a toy and say okay and find a way to please him too it's not a matter of shame like i try i show i show clients that a vagina doesn't really take as much of cock of is they're not as big as they think they are they don't go as deep yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) like after my surgery that they took my cervix out so for some women they find cervix banging um pleasurable i didn't some women really get off on that and i wonder how much and i would love to hear from women who enjoys um cervix touching sex if they enjoy because i found it painful but i tend to be a very sensitive person but if you're a woman or or a vagina haver that has cervix that enjoys that sensation i would love to hear from you because i'm curious sometimes if women 
who have that type of sex are saying it feels good because it legitimately feels good to them or if it feels good to them because it's indicative of this quasi normal type sex that we're supposed to be having mm. you know what i mean like this or like is this it whole... not really feel good the actual act it just feels good because you're having sex with a partner you love right right or, or is it are is you, it that, is it physical is yourself? it mental is it what yeah, yeah. like how much is, is it because this is achieving some are, are you orgasm proximity from this? to standard yeah. yeah like i'm curious like i was so curious from people like to hear what it is in the sexual realm that they quantify as good <laughs> well, if you're... like i really want to know but you're right you, you pointed out to me on social media because i'm not that big a consumer of like what were you talking about the six oh the six, triple six, six rule yeah what was this whole thing so uh... If you go to a lot of the social media, you always see jokes. And I was always curious about this, whether women meant this or if it's just one of those things that people just say because it's cool and hip. But uh-huh. 666 rule, if you even want to talk to me as a man on a hookup app of all things, you know, because those standards are so freaking high. You need to have six figures. You got to be six feet tall and your cock's got to be at least six inches. It's like is this like this really happens. Is, I, I, like, this is oh, my God. I mean, realistically, all those is probably five percent of everybody out there <laughs> let's be honest like what what are you doing yeah, are you going to I... just say you know what i'm not going to have a relationship and you're fine being single that's fine but don't why are you putting these expectations up there when i guarantee <sighs> if a man were to ask you what's your weight you're going to be offended but you can ask him <laughs> yeah. his height you can ask him his salary you can ask him his dick size if he asks how big your oh your, your tits are only an a I, come back to me when you're a b how does that sound to you that, uh, uh, yeah it's very 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 much a double standard there i didn't realize how pervasive this was but if a woman is come if a person is coming at you with that cause i'm sure it could happen uh, i know how very looksist if that's even a word the gay community is god like uh, straight culture is as well but I, I think if you're being subjected to that that's not the partner for you i mean like i think parody is important in a relationship like i think the idea that um men have to have a certain income a certain body type and a certain dick size is so arbitrary and so so archaic yeah, yeah it's like, a lot of well, I'm sorry a lot of women also preach but I'm sorry I care about him because it's his heart is beautiful they'll say that stuff all the time but when you're starting a new relationship today on these instant gratification type apps it's arbitrary which it just blows my mind the hypocrisy in those conversations yep. yeah I think I think women are just starting to have a voice when it comes to their sexual agency oh, okay and I take that I for think, granted for sometimes as a, uh, a penis haver, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just, we're just, be, we're just entering the conversation. It's like, boop, you know, women have just joined the channel, mm-hmm. but we're, we're, our advocacy for our own bodies is still in its infancy, and it's still very influ- influenced. Hmm. It's still very influenced by porn culture, too, because we're not really seeing a model for healthy sex in pop culture. We just we really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, one day we're going to talk about, you know, kink and sex as portrayed in the media. But it's so it's so very rarely healthy that 
I think if you're ascribing to these things that you're really missing the point of a relationship, which is not a questionnaire for a marriage or a set of a relationship does not necessarily just need to be a, a elongated years long effective effectively a questionnaire towards marriage a relationship should be a journey of self-awareness with a partner who are you who are you in relation to your partner who are you in relation to the world what do you value in receiving and what do you value in giving and what does a personality how does your partner's personality type help you or work against you to be your best self if your relationship isn't constantly in a place of how are we bettering ourselves how are we growing as people or how are we growing together then you're missing the point of the relationship period it's not about you know relationships don't need to be oh i need to hook up with somebody so i can get married so i have two incomes so we have big house so we have big car so we have we squeeze out kids uh, like whoa 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 all of that this keeping up with the joneses is part of the stress mm-hmm. it's part of the stress we're seeing in our culture a shift towards different relationship styles being polyamory ethical non-monogamy there are different types of family structures with homosexual couples and you know just and people who are choosing to not be coupled at all ace people um or gray ace people our relationships uh, like i think it bears looking at um some of the ace and a like asexual and aromantic people not all ace people not all asexual people are aromantic. Some of them do not wish to have sex, but they do want romance in their lives. Some want sex and no romance. They want the gratification of the sexual experience that is partnered, but they do not wish to have a a loving relationship with somebody. They do not wish for romantic love in their lives. They they traffic in platonic love and platonic feelings and platon and yeah, like sex within these within these subsets exists it doesn't so when we look at relationships as just the oh i have to do this because that's what society dictates we're missing the fucking point Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you're setting those unrealistic expectations for a subset of a reality that doesn't need to exist like you're making up all these rules that you're trying to force yourself to play by for no reason no reason Mm -hmm. for what for what you know, great. If you're a successful person and you make six figures, um, you don't necessarily have to have some parity with that. You're you could have a successful relationship with somebody that doesn't meet the rubric that society puts out. You don't need a six inch dick to have a healthy sex life. You don't need six figures to have a, a successful career. You just need to be growing and ethical and loving and if you're not if you don't feel or experience romantic love then that's okay too you know people can have relationships that aren't that aren't like people i see people with successful companionate marriages too we 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 also need to enter into the conversation what is relationship success what is sexual success and but what it boils down to really is 
how are we growing and changing and how are we being our best selves? Are we being kind to ourselves? Are we being kind to others? Do we place a premium on kindness or do we place a premium on living an ascetic life? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. all about your values, but you have to know yourself. You have to ask yourself these questions. What do I value? What feels good to me? How do I thrive? How do I value and measure what do i value and measure as successful and then think about what you want in terms of a partner to be your best self yeah and once you do that exercise in a healthy way you could then Mm -hmm. start putting all this arbitrary bullshit in your head if you want but you'll have Mm -hmm. two people working together towards the same common goal if you do this correctly that's right so it may very well be that yeah i'm sure there are vagina havers in existence that the most satisfying sexual pleasure they receive is when something roughly eight inches long and however many inches in diameter is inserted thrust repeat that probably works for a lot of people but it doesn't mean it works for everyone and it doesn't mean that it has to be done with a penis that's why toys exist so many men are freaked the fuck out by female masturbation and toys but they don't understand that only 30 percent of women climax from penile insertion we're just not built that way we have a g-spot that makes it feel good but that's only like three or four inches deep i can reach that with my fingers Mm -hmm. if i can reach it with my fingers i don't need an eight inch dick to if i like that that's great but i don't need it so i want women to kind of explore their own bodies a little bit more and and, and for men to understand that very rarely is a woman going to come. And if she's coming, like, if she's jumping and writhing and making a big, you know, moaning like, ah, ah, like five minutes in, uh, okay, like there's something going on here, but why are we starting at 10 again? A lot of people, they, they jump right in and the face goes right for the vagina and the woman's moaning at the top of her lungs. And it's like, you started at 10 again. Or is she lying? I mean, I always got to ask myself that question. I don't know if other people do, but I always question that. And it's okay. You know, and if women, if women, there's so much like, um, again, we shame people for faking the orgasm. Why do we do that? Because we're scared of hurting somebody's feelings. feelings. We're scared of the toxic. We're again that buzzword toxic. We're scared of hurting someone's feelings. We're scared to embarrass the man. We're scared to say, "Hey, this doesn't exactly work for me." Because we know that so much of the male ego is caught up in sexual performance. It's not even realistic anymore at that point. The conversation is way skewed. Mm-hmm. And I know we keep harping on um, the women in this one, but I just gotta go out and say men stop being toxic okay (laughs) there's a lot of men out there with the masochism and you know thinking that you know it's only me or i get everything i want and it's amazing to me that those people are also surprised that they can't find people on these hookup apps right i mean just Mm -hmm. the the conservative only one what was it that um came out uh the right stuff right everyone's complaining that there's not enough women on this hookup app this really exists yes it's a pool of those (laughs) hyper masculine toxic men who believe that 
you know, the Bible and it's the 50s and, Ew. you know, my Sorry, my I'm wife stays now. home, watches the kids and she's my, I basically own her. It's like all these people are surprised that women aren't engaging with them on this platform. And then they throw it Ew. at the women. It's the conservatives. I'm going to throw shade at the incels here. They're the problem. Look at yourself and reflect. Mm-hmm. If you constantly are being hyper-masculine and you're being toxic and you're not getting results, isn't that the definition of, of insanity? I mean, take some ownership in that and stop. Just pay attention to what your partner needs. And believe me, it'll pay off in the end when she makes you come even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I like that. And, you know, too, I think about incels all the time. And, like, my knee-jerk reaction to incels is to be, like, really fucking icked out and really frightened by them and really terrified of the ideas that they're pushing and they're, they're, it's so scary to me um but then i hear about this thing where you're talking about this 666 rule and i find that equally abhorrent like ladies if uh, don't do that you know open your mind to the possibility that a man doesn't have to have all of these things to to take a look at what your actual desire is in a relationship past the beyond the point of what's going to look good yeah, extend <laughs> like that what list your wedding to, dress is yeah, going to look like on social media think of yeah go ahead what i was gonna say extend that list to 20 30 points and then you can make a checklist right don't limit it down yeah. to those three <laughs> Other- right like when i when i was single and and not happily single um it's funny Ugh, i i am the cliche that when i stopped looking for it it happened when i swore off men i met my husband <laughs> <laughs> i was done i was completely finished and i had no desire to ever be in a romantic relationship ever again at the age of 40 in walks a 25 year old guy on the west coast and like changed my entire life and on paper it looked so bad but we have like one of the greatest marriages and if it ever ends i will say that it was still a successful relationship because that's another thing that we do all wrong is we think that because the relationship ends it failed oh the failure of a relationship no 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 sometimes a relationship that comes to an end is perfectly successful because you learned and you grew and you found that you weren't right for each other and you adjusted expectations and i hate fucking gwyneth paltrow with the white hot passion of a thousand fiery suns but when she's divorced her husband they called it a conscious uncoupling and i kind of like that Mm. i I hate that i like it but i kind of like it because you do need to consciously uncouple. You can end a relationship and go in peace and support each other. And one of the greatest things I've ever freaking read was a book called The Fifth Sacred Thing by a, a woman named Starhawk. She was a Wiccan a purveyor of Wiccan arts. And I, in my early 20s, I was absolutely taken by her writing. And she wrote this book that took place in a post-apocalyptic world where society, human society was very very small and i'll make it the tldr of this is that in that post-apocalyptic society where there were very few people they had to reject the idea that past lovers were a bad thing and i know we get so caught up in society about oh the people that our partners had before us but in this book they because of the propensity for this jealousy and this anger to arise due to the presence of former lovers 
because their society was so small, they recognized there was no room for this. So instead, they adopted a practice of honoring and appreciating the lovers who came before because they were an integral shaping aspect of the life of the person who you are now in love with. Mm -hmm. They were part of their fabric, the tapestry of their lives, and not a source of denigration and conflict in the current relationship. You bless the partners that came before you. You honor the partners that came before you. And what a, we don't do that. We don't, we don't do that. We don't do that when it comes to relationships. But I do believe in society in general, say the 25 to 35, 40-year-olds are doing a very good job doing that kind of concept with co-parenting. We've seen a lot okay. of divorces come up in the last you know 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I feel... Like back in the 80s, whatever, if a parents had a divorce, the kid really suffered. They There was a lot of strife and there was a lot of conflict and between the parents. But today, mm-hmm. I see this in my own personal life. I hope it's everywhere across the country. But I see a lot of couples who break up, have a great relationship, co-parenting with their kids, and are accepting the other person's new spouse into this mm-hmm. friendly kind of relationship yeah. where they could all go out right. to dinner together with the kid and have different partners i'm seeing that more and more and i do believe is... <laughs> with yeah. uh the newer generations as they grow older are more accepting to that kind of communal kind of let's all be friends uh paradigm versus the mm-hmm. tribal conflict of me versus her or whatever the situation may be I love to hear you say that. I definitely do need to keep my finger on the pulse of these things more. I'm very much a hermit and I get very easily part of my part of my neurodiversity is I get very freaked out by too much social media. I don't love its presence in my life and I know I need to do more. I need to get on the stick and do more promotion for my business and more mm-hmm. promotion for this podcast. And all of it is so overwhelming to me because I try I strive for authenticity and I hate sounding like a soundbite. I don't want to sound like sell sell sell. <laughs> I've got to push my mm-hmm. agenda. I want to lead people to the information that you and I both possess and say, hey, this is my take on how you can be a little bit happier in this little corner of your life. Like you can take my advice or leave it, but this is what my recommendation is, you know, in order to attain a healthier, happier sexual life. And my solution, sometimes I like to think that maybe my solutions will work for some people and they won't work for others. And then there's another clinician, you know, there's another sex therapist, there's another coach who can, who has it, has the right idea. Like I'm just one person. And my point is that there are so many different places where you can look to have the kind of relationship model that you want you can be as creative with it as you want Mm -hmm. and part of like the the world that i see is set incorporates um poly relationships dominant submissive relationships for ds relationships for short where i have many many ds relationships i am in more relationships with some people than I am in my marriage and love exists there but I am not polyamorous I'm still a monogamous woman but I have relationships of a nurturing of a of a nurturing kind not at all parental like a 
people like like to throw the parent thing in there. And one day I would love to pick apart how, why, <laughs> why family shit is so yeah, pervasive why? in porn culture. I was going to say go back to the porn stepsister and incest is trending now. Like why? What the I heck? No, I don't know. Or maybe know. it is because there's so many tell me. broken homes. I, I don't know the psychology behind know. it. I don't know. Nobody will talk to me honestly about their desires. I get men like at least at least every other day I have to shut them down on the on the site that I work off of because it's against the rules. I could get banned for talking about family sex um, because it's illegal to have it's a taboo it's subject illegal for me for that. to talk about it. It's so strange. It's just like I don't understand how this is like entered the zeitgeist and why it's the biggest fucking thing on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to shame it. Cause I don't know, but it, uh, it definitely squicks me out the family thing. But have we just gone so far that there's just nowhere left to go to get the feelings of like, oh, everything if you're so at 10, right? <laughs> right. Where do you where go, do you from go? There? Uh, to, to the sex extremes. With your sister is 11. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. The Oedipus, Sorry. Stepsister. Like, right. Or well, yeah, like, they, yeah, but they it, only say that on porn because sister is not allowed and right. mother. And I mean, I guess we could talk I, about during during know, the, uh, the quarantine that was trying uh-huh. to quarantine sex. Like you're now you're hooking up with the idea in the role play of your roommates. All of a sudden you're horned up together. You're locked in together. Might as well oh, have wow. sex I or, you know, neighbors through the fence glory hole kind of stuff. It, it was so weird. That was a whole category of quarantine sex. Oh, well, might as huh. well do it. And I'm sure that plays into the stepsister incest crap that's out there. Oh, I just must. don't get it again. I'm not, gonna, I, I, I'm not going to shame you because we all know it's a story, but it's just rubs me wrong. I, I just gonna say that none none of the men who engage me, who want to call me mummy, who want to do age play, will actually go along that go down that rabbit hole with me. And in the kink world, um, uh, mommy slash daddy and little play is huge. So I th- there's I want to make sure I want to draw a very clear distinction between incest and the mommy slash daddy and little community i do not kink shaming the little community at all it exists it exists with consent it, it has its own rules it is very structured what i'm discussing more uh is along the lines of like what you would just dig up on Pornhub, like mm-hmm. you know incest porn i don't understand i don't i i don't know i don't know I don't know why. Why it's a it's buzzword? It's popular. Yeah. I don't know why. I wish I did. And no, and the people that will engage me for that kind of play, they they I, they, they don't have a level of self awareness where they're willing to talk to me about it. And mm. I've tried, and I can't do it. And I'll say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't perform that role i can't role play your mother and then the conversation's over they've left they've stopped paying me because i'm not giving them what they want they're not going to stick around and pay me Mm -hmm. to explain to them why 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 they just don't stick around long enough so i wish to god somebody who actually had that kink would fucking talk to me because i would love to understand because understanding breeds more understanding right more advocacy let's talk let's talk let's talk I, you know, we, like, we just attacked you, but please shoot us an email at info at the other side of sex dot com. We would love to have this conversation with you. And we, it's not going to be public. We just need to know, no, you know, don't, don't, don't worry about it. I don't want to attack 
<laughs> I don't want to attack anything or anybody or anything. I simply want to understand. And maybe if we did understand, we could have more of a conversation that tracks towards destigmatizing. And maybe, maybe that's just it. Maybe it really is just the the last frontier of taboo behavior. Mm. And we have a link. I truly think that people have a attraction towards the taboo just because it's so they that that feeling of being naughty is just so intoxicating because it's such a freedom from the sexual oppression and repression that we're served up on a daily basis like some people want more right they want a dom they want more mm -hmm. repression they want more like i actively i guess in a sense am oppressing or subverting the will of my subs when they come to me for certain modalities i am absolutely overriding their agency because they asked me to mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but maybe it all relates back to you know i just want to be sexually free and ooh, look at me i'm a rebel i'm special i am breaking this barrier mm -hmm. you know and maybe it just maybe it is as simple as the fact that it's from the last frontiers well of, it, don't do that one of the CFC. last frontiers when i <laughs> i know i again cover yours mom and dad but when i look at that stuff i sometimes do click it but it's not for the reason it's Right. My type of woman is middle-aged and hairy. I like that. So mm -hmm. it's just a quick and easy way to find that quick. <laughs> sure. You know, I, I don't know if that's kind of what's going on here or if it is more about the role-playing relationship, the taboo. I, I don't know. I guess we have to ask the people that are engaged in it because it's not ours. But I've watched some of those clips too. And, and it's so kind of frustrating to me because like my go-to porn – is I call myself since since my um, <laughs> my life has drastically changed. My sex life has drastically changed as a result of cancer. I don't fuck like I used to. I can't. I, <laughs> the doctor sewed me up three inches tighter and smaller. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, men come to me like, do you like my big dick? And I'm like, Jesus, if I was actually having sex with you, I wouldn't even fit a third of it in. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just so – it's so far – away from my actual real human sexual experience that it just baffles me like don't you love my big dick baby uh, no. I, uh, no it doesn't no. do anything for me and neither <laughs> like men are constantly obsessed in my eyes about the size of their load i have such a big load for you i've made you this huge load and i'm like yeah, great. My my body gives a shit. My body's passively doing that too. <laughs> wow, that's important. <laughs> like I don't care if you give if you come two tablespoons or five. It does. It's arbitrary to me. Do you feel good after you? Like I had a gentleman yesterday. He's he's had an enlarged prostate, and he's on a medication, and it makes the cum flow backwards. He doesn't have an outward orgasm, and he's experiencing so much shame because he's not ejaculating. He's orgasming without ejaculating. In fact, one of my very, 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 very first clients when I was 21 years old, and this probably is what one of the defining moments of my career that made me realize this, one of my very first BDSM clients, submissives, was a thalidomide baby. If you're not familiar with thalidomide, it was an anti-nausea drug given by 
given out very, very freely by doctors in the 1950s. And thalidomide caused uh, many, many children to be born with con- with defect, of, like physical defect. And it ranges from missing limbs to, you know, organs on the wrong side of the body. And this particular manifestation of thalidomide toxicity meant that he had backwards orgasms he did not ejaculate it was related something in the wiring of his of his urological systems were such that he he occasionally could ejaculate but it was not something that he could control and it didn't happen when he wanted it to but he he diverted into kink as a way of coping with this maladaptive process related to his orgasm so he he sidestepped it knew he couldn't perform quote unquote normally and developed into a whole different language of sexuality because he felt that he couldn't perform at a baseline level mm-hmm. of what is considered normal i think that so he deviated yeah i think that's a good segue to talk about ed erectile dysfunction here as well because it's mm-hmm. stress is part of the equation the pressure social pressure of the relationship is another pressure, but sometimes there is just legitimately something wrong with you medically and you it's okay mm-hmm. to seek help from a medical professional to get the taboo <laughs> pill right yes please 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 i did not know how easy it was to get broner pills online please if you're experiencing any sort of erectile dysfunction before you sign on to a site like Roman that, that is bad. If, if you have the diagnosis from a medical professional and they have recommended this modality of treatment, by all means, sign up. But I don't think that these questionnaires, I think they're so easy to lie on, right? Isn't that something that you no, were telling course. me about? I mean, I've the, done it. I'm, I'm a bigger guy. I got high blood pressure. I have, okay. you know diabetes i got blood sugar issues but i mm-hmm. could go to roman and lie on the questionnaire and they write you the script it's a prescription mill there's so many prescription yeah, mills yeah, out no. there where you basically you're self-diagnosing oh. yourself you're cheating the system to get the pills that you want for the outcome you want but it's going to bite you in the ass right there's a reason they quite ask literally. you this yeah quite literally they want like i i think like men or sorry penis havers Please, if you think that there's a medical issue related to your orgasm or lack there or anorgasmia, please, please seek out help from a licensed medical professional before you get any medications. Be honest. Please. Please be honest. Yeah. Don't lie about this. You know why? They're asking you about your blood pressure and your diabetes. Because if you take the pill, it could kill you. And sex isn't Mm -hmm. worth dying for. Right? You could crash. Mm -hmm. You could do all these sorts of things. Um, I learned my lesson on that. I've gotten both under control. Um, Okay. You know, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. uh, But when I was cheating the system, I would feel like shit the next day after I take that pill. Yeah, I would have great sex for an Mm -hmm. hour. But the next day, Mm -hmm. my joints are hurting because of the blood pressure issue, right? And you feel the pressure in your head and you feel like you get hit by a truck. And it's just not worth it just to orgasm. No, no. (laughs) No. And the honest, the honest, the God truth is you might not need that. You might just be able to stop jerking off for a week and then 
get something like a flashlight or a sleeve stroker, pocket pussy, something. And after after a week of no orgasming, start slow. Mm. Don't use your hand. Use a toy, something soft and silicone that more resembles a body part that you might be inserting your cock into. Let's, you know, parrot sex, you know, or, or you know, but I, or, you know, try something, try a method of stimulation. If you're having difficulty attaining an orgasm with your partner, say it's just, for example, let's just say PIV sex, penis and vagina. If you're not climaxing from it because you're used to your hand, then stop using your hand and invest in a toy or just use, just have sex with your partner without the expectation of an orgasm. Give your body a break. Mm-hmm. You know, don't touch it. Or if you're hard, insert, go as long as you want, but don't get upset and frustrated and down on yourself and go down and spiral down a hole of shame. If you don't orgasm, just say, hey, this is where my body's at today. Because I guarantee you, if you st- stop the sensation and you stop giving the penis all of that hard and fast stimulation, you're going to find that you're going to have an orgasm sooner rather than later. And if you're not, if all of this space and giving yourself an opportunity to hit a reset button on your sex life, then it's time to consult a medical professional. But take, literally, please, I'm asking you to take matters into your own hands first before Mm -hmm. consulting the doctor. Right. You know? Because the magic pill probably would work in some situations. It's still not going to work. If you have diabetes, especially diabetes, it still might not work Mm -hmm. for you. And it's just very dangerous in general, um, especially if you're unchecked and your sugar's out of control. But Mm -hmm. you also become, your body becomes... I hate, I don't know how to say this. I'm not a doctor, but I've had it explained to me this way that your body becomes lazy, right? It doesn't, Mm -hmm. you get that stuff in your system and then it goes to work. It doesn't feel like it needs to um, try hard to get yourself aroused. Same thing with like melatonin or tranquilizers or whatever you take Mm -hmm. at night to sleep for insomnia. If your body doesn't know how to go to sleep, it's going to rely on that pill, which spirals into a bigger problem than you may even be aware of. Like your your body starts needing to have that in its system to do whatever it is you're trying to do with the pill your body the circadian rhythm is real and you know how we eat how much we exercise and how we set ourselves up to sleep are all going to directly affect your libido if you're not getting good nutrition protein intake um if you're not in if you're if you're getting up in the morning and going straight from your bedroom to your desk and you're not getting any exercise or anything to raise that heart rate you're going to have a harder time going to sleep because your body is not going to be tired your brain is going to be tired but your body won't be and it's just there's just it's just ugh, i said i i hate to sound like a broken record like get out and move because it sounds so judgy and if you can you know if, this is if, one if of those sound- topics i alluded to before if that's more for me than everybody else out there but i hope someone else gets something out of this yeah and i don't want to sound ableist about it either um if, if, if you have mobility dysfunction too, this is very different. Like if you're in, if you're, you know, 
Yeah, we just, sex in the disabled community is a very different topic altogether. And I realize how ableist I'm sounding because there was a lot of times that I could not achieve orgasm and it was related to medications that I was on for depression or, um, and in these situations, then it's important to kind of reframe your sexual expectations. If you're in a place in your life where you simply cannot have orgasms for a time because you're working on mental health, that's an especially important time to reframe your sex life and, and reaffirm what your goals are with your sexual relationships as they exist or the ones that you wish to have. Reframe what happens in the bedroom. Reframe your intimacy and put a premium on something uh, that is not the orgasm. Yes. Find out what makes sense to you and go down that road and stop. Everybody, if you're just putting pressure on people to have a bigger dick, to have, you know... All of this, all of these extraneous things, stop for a minute and think about what you actually want. And don't think about your life as it looks like in terms of what looks good on social media. Examine your own values. Examine what you want out of a relationship. And if it's just marriage and a house, let's reframe that and look at why you want the marriage and the house. Do you feel you need, does your relationship, do you want a relationship that makes you feel safe? Do you want someone who pushes you to grow? Figure out what your values are and go from there. And if the value is, you know, I, and I, and I support you a hundred percent if you really do like the giant cock and the deep dicking down, and that is actually the thing that really works for you, then you find the partner or the toy that gets you there. But if somebody doesn't, that's a you problem. That's not a them problem, right? Mm-hmm. That's a you thing. That's your taste. And just because you like a cock of at least six inches is not the problem of the man with five. Mm-hmm. And I'm very emphatic about that because the conversation needs to change. And this is where it needs to be. It needs to be saying, you know, all dicks matter. <laughs> Power to the penis, right? Right, yeah, power to the penis. I mean, I feel like if I said that out of context, out of this podcast, out of all this, I'd probably be an a-hole. But in this (laughs) moment, right? Yeah, I would like to- Right, well, this- Good. We can talk about healthy masculinity. There is such a thing. There is such- And you know what? Some penis havers are not men. Let's just face that. Some penis havers Mm. are not men men so we need to have a conversation about healthy femininity when you are in fact in possession of a penis such a thing also exists Mm -hmm. you know it's how you reframe your body how you make your body feel right for you i know lots of men who call their cock a clitty and lots of women who call their clitty a cock and that is some next level communication and that is where they want to be and that is where they need to be and i support that a hundred percent so like look at it from like it's a 20-sided dice you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) you brought up the word communication there i would like to end this with maybe some advice on how to start the conversation around ed with your partner okay right um i know it's embarrassing and it's hard and nobody wants to do it but if you don't have this communication the problems are just going to spiral correct now i think i think right out of the gate just the having of the embarrassment is something that's a barrier to the embarrassment itself is a barrier to communication. So if this is happening for you, I really want you to sit down and say, Hey, this is okay. I am okay. I have this issue. 
But I'm going to, as we said earlier, the conversation doesn't stop at identifying the issue. You work beyond it. You need to ask yourself what you want to have, what feels right to you. And your relationships will need to adjust or be created based on what you actually want. Like you cannot live your entire life having sex that isn't satisfying. If your partner likes it a different way that you can do, you either incorporate what you like and what they like. But when you're taking a look at yourself, ask yourself what is important to me and then frame it in the context of your relationship. If someone loves you and the relationship is in a good place, they're not going to be mean to you for having what amounts to a medical or a mental health problem. If somebody's shaming you for that, that's not good behavior. And I would ask you to evaluate your partner's response to that if they're attacking you with some sort of shame. If they're not, what you can say is when you when you have to discuss something that is sensitive with somebody, how you tell them is 100% how it is going to be received. I've said this before, when you're coming out, when you're bringing your king, oh my God, I have this horrible thing about me that I just can't believe is a problem and please help me with this. Uh, okay, your partner's going to perceive this all as a problem. Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, you know what? I've got a lot of shit going on right now. And what is happening is I've sat I've sat with myself and I'm realizing that I am feeling a certain way and it is a barrier to my erection when this happens in our bedroom. Or I think there's something medically not right and I am not attaining the erection that I used to have or that I think I should be having. What do you think about this? What does this mean to you? I would like your input on things that we can do, or your support in seeing a urologist about this. You mean I shouldn't go online and hide it from my wife and take those pills no! behind her back and then surprise no! her and, and just, you know, no! saying I shouldn't do all that stuff? No, Don't worry. I, I, don't. I learned from like, all that. So that's, that's the old telling, Steve. So. <laughs> if she's telling you, I want this, I need that, it's okay to say, how did you come to this? How did you, you know, what's your origin story? I tell, I ask kinksters this all the time. What's your origin story? How did you arrive at that conclusion that that worked for you? And you know what? Most of the time, kinksters fucking know. Mm-hmm. But your average garden variety vanilla sex haver doesn't know why they like what they like. Because they don't ask and they don't talk and they don't, they just, it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. You know? I know everything from porn. If right. That's all I got to mimic. I don't need to know anything else. And by the right. way, honey, and, I don't watch porn. Right. That's a whole nother conversation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Right. And men, if your woman is masturbating, it's okay. You know, if she's using toys on her clit while you're having sex, that's okay. Yeah. So that means that you're, it doesn't mean you're inadequate. It just means that, you know, she's one yeah. of the 70% of women that don't come from penile insertion alone yeah. nothing don't shame don't don't let's let's just take some shame off the table you know and, and the double standard of women ever. masturbating in general right guys usually do it i'm going to speak colloquially there mm-hmm. we masturbate more than women i believe in most situations in most vanilla relationships so 
it is surprising to see the amount of shame when a guy walks in on a woman masturbating and they're like, what do you mean <laughs> doing this behind my back? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not gonna. I, it's so stupid. <laughs> I need to see a Kinsey report on what the actual numbers are, yeah. you know, but because I, I wonder too, and like, here I go on a tangent again, we're trying to wrap up the show, but like men are hyper-sexualized beings anyway. Men are given like place a premium on their sexual prowess, their sexual conquest and stamina and so no shit is a man he's not gonna go get a cup of tea and a crumpet when he's stressed out that's the stuff of women folk right mm. because women aren't hypersexual we're not given that sexual agency no female says oh honey actually we do i'm gonna take that back but not as many as we should not as many women say oh honey go grab a toy and some coconut oil and go lay down for an hour and rub your pussy till you feel better mm -hmm. men have no problem saying i'll just go in the bathroom and jerk off yeah you know go get go tug one out go fuck someone tonight dude you need to get laid uh. mm -hmm. you know it's all this lizard brain shit but like look at it for what it really is and be realistic and start take the fucking you know porn colored glasses off your eyes I should, man, that would be like There's a t-shirt right there. shit right there. <laughs> we got we to gotta make those t-shirts and start selling them. <laughs> Take the cum-soaked bukkake goggles off your yeah. eyes and rub the shit out of your eyes. I don't think say, that one would sell as much, but the porn-colored glasses <laughs> I like. <laughs> like, just like, instead of pupils, there's just like little reflected dicks in your eyes or something. Mm. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. As we wrap this up, I do want to say this again. Miss Cum is always available to answer your oh, questions one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. That's right. Um, you, you I'm could, a counselor and a sex coach. Yeah. So she does this for real. It's not just, you know, a made up hobby. Um, nope. <laughs> you, this is my real life, folks. Yeah. So you could hit I her. I am in the trenches. Yeah. You could hit her up with just any kidding. questions you may have. I know her website is misscomma.com. And mm -hmm. did I just. M-S-K-A-M-A.com. I think I said dot com yep. before. Um, I guess we've using that word too much. Um <laughs> misscomma.com that's funny mm -hmm. <laughs> and the ms is short for mistress yeah just just so it's not <laughs> yeah um is there i don't a... know why i felt important to say that but i did send it to me at info at the other side of sex.com but, 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 but you know nothing will be revealed uh you know i won't use your personal information uh you know everything you say will be kept in confidence there you go yeah, if you have a question, please email me at info at the other side of sex.com. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your anecdotes. I want to hear your struggles. I, I would just love to hear from you. Um, if something that I said worked or if you want to question my sanity, fine. I'm fine with that too. If you want to tell me I'm full of shit, also available for that. I am so curious. I love people's real life sex stories, the successes, the trip, the problems. Please, I am for this stuff and if you're having problems in your relationship or with your body i do offer sex coaching and kink counseling on a sliding scale rate very affordable i promise but i'm here to help <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening to this episode hopefully it helps and i'm gonna muse just for a second and say we just did a power to the penis episode i'm sure shortly we'll do a woman version of this because i'm sure yes. there's so many issues that we could talk about on that the other side of the coin absolutely the other side of sex is. you missed a perfect chance yeah. for the pun <laughs> oh shit thank you all for listening <laughs> bye if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support our podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review on wherever you're listening to us to catch up with all the latest from comma and i you could go to our website www.theothersideofsex.com 
www.thehub.com, which will be the hub for everything going on in our worlds. There you can leave us a message with questions, feedback, suggestions, or anything else, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us, and we promise to keep your identity secret, so give us all those juicy details. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Till then, stay beautiful, stay authentic, and remember to take agency in everything you do.